stop Ouija. I don't have enough arcane power. Where am I needed? I need fury, not enough hatred. Resupply here! Spawn more overlords. They're taking the point! I can't for me! Yes! Victory! Greetings, friends and fellow gamers. Thank you so much for joining us on this week's episode of Not Enough Resources, a bi-weekly gaming podcast hosted on roguesportal.com. I recommend checking us out there. We discuss everything from comics to games to movies. So much cool stuff. As always, you can follow us on Twitter at N-E-R Podcast. That's at N-E-R Podcast. We retweet interesting links throughout the week about fun things in the world of gaming. My name is Ryan. You can find me on Twitter and anywhere else on the internet, maybe in a match of Overwatch uh, under Ryan M. Holt. And I am... Of course, joined by my illustrious co-host and all-around decent fellow, Dylan. Dylan, how you doing? I'm doing wonderful, man. I'm, I'm recording today from an actual Whisper booth, which is pretty exciting. Yes, definitely. It sounds like we're up in our game for 2018, and we hope you are too. So we're going to jump right on into it. Dylan, what have you been playing? What's on the top of your now-playing list? Man, I've been playing golf with friends. Is uh, that like words with friends, but with golf? No, sort of. It's not on the phone. It's it's a Steam game. Um, it was developed by two dudes, um, and it's pretty incredible. They have um, they're, they're like putt putt courses, uh, and they have I think six or seven of them that they've built themselves, and they have like multiple game modes that they've designed. Uh, I'm a huge fan. My friend, I'm going to plug him here, uh, Spacebound Bear. He's a Kingdom Hearts speedrunner, but uh, he also just like streams just general games and stuff on Twitch. Um, <clears throat> he he got me onto it, and so you can play with like eight different people, and you all golf at the same time. Every hole has a time limit of two minutes um, that you're trying to, I mean, you have to get the, the ball in, and then, of course, it's just traditional golf score lowest wins. Um, but some of the, like, the crazy things you can do is you can turn on collision, and when you turn collision on, you can hit each other's golf balls while you're playing. So it becomes like this weird mashup of golf and pool. Exactly. Yeah. And then there's also um, one of the game modes that I think it came out this last week that I've really enjoyed is they have it's called hockey. Um, and so instead of a hole at the end of the uh, of the each hole, um, then it's a uh, it's a hockey goal with um like a cardboard cut out of a hockey man that like shifts back and forth oh kind of like air hockey yes it's completely random and some of the some of the holes have more than one hockey man on them um but they move like completely randomly and so they can just completely ruin um some of the holes people have like figured out the hole in one strategy for them and it's like gone across the internet um and so this kind of messes that up uh, pretty consistently, which just makes the game more fun. You can yeah. play that in collision. It's it's pretty great. And it, it, you're also hitting a hockey puck instead of a golf ball, so it behaves because um, the physics of the game stay the same, but the shape means that it it behaves differently. Yeah, especially if you have to deal with like um, opposing collisions and things like that. That's that sounds really fun. And it's it's eight players. It's on Steam. Is it 3D? Is it 2D? It's so it's completely 3D. Um, that's the other kind of cool thing is that you there's no like avatar that you just 
see the golf ball, you can zoom in and out a little bit. You don't get any sort of preview of the hole or anything. Like you just have to hit the ball. Um, and you, the way that you do it is you, you hold down like left click and you move the power ball up, uh, the power bar up or down, depending on how hard you want to hit the ball. Um, so it's just, it's super simple, but that's why I love it. Like you, you can get any group of friends to sit down and start playing. Um, and it's really cheap too. And I mean, it's two guys that built it, but yeah, there, there are 3d holes. There's a candy land course. Um, there's like a nighttime, uh, one that's all rainbows and glow in the dark. Um, you also get to unlock so that there's unlockables too. So you unlock different hats, um, and like trails and stuff. So you can have like a glowy trail behind your ball. Um, there's like a satellite hat and like, a uh, there's a hat that looks like a hamburger or um, there's a dinosaur level. So they have like this prehistoric cat hat that looks like, so your golf ball has a saber tooth tiger on top of it. It's pretty great. That's awesome. And it's just eight players. It doesn't like go crazy at like 1632 or whatever. I think it's just eight. Uh, the most I've played with is I think six or seven. It might go up to 12 though. That just, that sounds like the great, like, social experiment that gaming should be you know yeah yeah and it's just that it's just like uh we, we sat down with like some of some of my friends viewers um and and some of our just mutual friends that had bought the game and just hopped on and just started playing golf i mean like yeah sometimes a hole go bad and you'll shoot like a like 18 over par but whatever it's just all all in good fun yeah sounds very arcadey too that that's awesome um and it's called golf's uh golf with friends yeah not goth with friends but golf with friends golf sorry well that's awesome um i was lucky enough to get in the sea of thieves beta which is awesome um, we've talked about it before here a long time ago, but, um, now it's, it's a little more polished and it, it kind of honestly reminds me of what you were talking about with golf with friends. It's, it's very social. Everything is based on, you know, like what you're doing with your teammates and things like that. Um, the way it works is you spawn into a ship with other people you can queue with friends or you can just play by yourself and it'll throw you onto a ship with random people the big thing with it is uh communication is so key because what you're doing is they give you um like treasure maps and after you get your treasure maps you have to find the treasure which you know any good pirate will want to do but because it doesn't have a lot of, you know, bells and whistles that a game that would be coming out today normally has. Like, there's no mini-map. Um, so, you know, one person's always walking around with the map out, making sure you're going the right direction. And one person has uh, their compass ready to make sure, you know, you're heading the right direction for X marks the spot. And, you know... Oh, there's skeletons on the island, so, you know, everybody's going to want to have, you know, their guns and their swords and things like that. It's just, it's a lot of fun, and it requires a lot of communication. Um, it is in beta right now. Uh, full game comes out in March. I think March 20th is what I want to say. And um, it, it looks to be a lot of fun, and uh, there are people that are already data mining some cool stuff for the pending release, uh, including 
you know, some some data on a giant sea creature with tentacles. So uh, it, it kind of plays into that supernatural element that pirates, you know, like myth and things like that. So it, it'll be a lot of fun, hopefully, once it comes out. It's great just dropping in with, like, a group of people you've never met before because it's so intent on communication because it's very bare bones. Like, even when you pull out your blunderbusses, they don't give you, like, a reticule to aim with. You just kind of got to eye it and hope that you hit your targets. Um, the other... I love stuff like that. Like, that's just... Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's a lot of fun. And the other cool thing with, um, you know, the simplicity and things like that is it's also a semi MMO. It's not like an MMO where like you pick a server and you play on that server, but like in, when it spawns you in, it spawns you in a populated world with like, you know, like maybe 20, 30 other players. So even though you're only playing with like you and your three other crewmates, there might be other people playing in that same instance. And, you know, what does any good pirate do when they see an opposing ship? you start making plans and you start going, okay, okay, we're going to come up on them. And then, you know, we're going to try and ram them. But when we ram them, like two of you are going to jump over to their ship and we're going to try and take all of their treasure. And that stuff is like really fun. It is probably some of the most fun I've had online gaming since like the original, like Halo two heyday. Um, yeah, I, I like it because it sounds kind of chaotic, and I think that's lacking in most online experiences. Yeah, I mean, it, and it's not it's not chaotic in the fact that, you know, there's there's nothing to do. It's just there's so much to do, and there's no, like, hand-holding with it. There's no guidance. There's no, you know, okay, well, this is a level 1 treasure, and this is a level 5 treasure, and this is, you know, there's, there's none of that. It's just you go, you get... Uh, object you get an objective from um, like a bounty hunter who's looking for chests and then you just head out into the high seas and like some of these are like chains similar to like chain questing and wow so you know after you get one chest then it'll have you go to a completely different island to get a second chest or a third chest and like some of these chests are more than just like regular treasure chests like there's one that's called the weeping chest and like general knowledge right now is when you get a chest, you want to put it in the bottom of your boat because if somebody boards you, it's harder to get to the bottom of the boat. So what they did to compensate for that is they have this weeping chest, which every once in a while it will start crying. And when it starts crying, it'll start flooding your boat. So you have to like be aware of like is this chest constantly crying is our boat about to sink because it's taken on too much water so it's it's really cool in that regard too because there's there's a lot going on and it's not just like somebody takes the wheel and presses forward and that's the way the boat goes it's okay we need to go north you know i need two of you on sails right now can you lower the sails a little bit so we can get more headwind and then turn them you know to the left a little bit as well so we can head in that direction so like it's very communal it's very you're constantly talking to one another yeah i i I like any game that kind of forces high levels of communication i think it's it's really good um and it's always i mean every time it's a social experiment every time you learn something new about kind of how people's brains work 
Um, so that's that's really neat. It, it reminds me of a. So my friend recently got a VR system, and he was telling me about he got um, uh, keep talking and nobody explodes. Yeah, I've heard about that one. That one sounds really fun. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And so I was just, I was like, man, I any any sort of game that kind of requires like an intense level of communication um, that's time sensitive, I think is just really fun, especially with other people. Yeah, and like there are some things that I find a little, um, I don't want to say lacking. Lacking is not the right word, but um, maybe not fully realized or not complete. Um, the big thing is, is when you start the game, you just kind of spawn. You don't really have like a consistent character. So like one time you might spawn as a lady pirate and one time you might spawn as a pirate with a hook for a hand. And like one time you might spawn as a pirate that has a missing leg and like that stuff's cool, but I would much rather have like you create your character and then, you know, like hook hands and peg legs and like, you know, parrots and things like that. I would rather those have be like cosmetics that you can buy because every time you turn in a chest, you get gold and that gold can be used for, you know, like more ammo for your cannons or more bananas so you can stay at full health or, you know, rum. So you don't get the scurvy. Yeah. Or, you know, rum, which would be. You know, something everybody, every pirate should have. Like, there, there, there's a lot there that's really good. Like, the core game is good. I would just like to see it, you know, get just a little bit of polish. Yeah. Well, I mean, and it's not, like you said, it's it's in beta currently. Yeah, right now it's in beta. Um, this is very um, reminiscent of, like, um, a Blizzard beta right now. Not necessarily beta like, oh, man, when they're done with it, this is going to be great. This is more of, like, a server stress test beta. Um, beta actually ended a couple days ago on January 31st. So I really hope they get a lot of good data and just really push this to be, like, a great game that everybody has to play. Um, the other thing that... Um, I'm really not necessarily worried about, but uh, it is an Xbox One exclusive, but that also means eventually it will be coming to PC. It's just a matter of when. This was just an Xbox One test. This was not a test for PC, so. Okay, cool. Yeah, I mean, yeah, if it's Microsoft, eventually we'll we'll get it on PC, so that's, that's good to hear. Yeah, because I could just, I, I can imagine this taking the place of, like, my wow heydays where it was like I would just log on and play with, you know, 10 of my closest friends for four to six hours every night. But this is, you know, the groups are a little smaller. The objective's not so riggedly defined. It's just, do you want to have fun? Are you having fun? Keep playing, you know? Yeah, yeah. You're winning when you're having fun, right? Yeah, yeah, as opposed to, you know, wow, where it's like, you know, there are these goal posts of we, we we need to get to this boss tonight and, you know, let's get this piece of loot for this person. Like, because it's more open-ended in its nature, I think it'll perform better, especially for, like, those that, like, crew of, like, nightly hangouts. Like, I could totally see me getting this game, my brothers getting this game, and us playing a couple nights a week, which is great because we don't live in the same state anymore. Yeah, I I do I like those games like e- even um 
like your your MOBAs where like they're five v five and stuff, or Overwatch is sixty six and stuff. Then that's kind of a lot of people to put together for like more than once a week. Um, and so like any sort of game where you can kind of have like a smaller party and still feel like you can accomplish things, I think are great. Yeah, and that and just stealing other people's treasure is just it's so great. It's so much fun. Yeah, well, and like the PvP battles are great because like when you're firing cannons and stuff like that, like you put holes in the other ship. So it's not just like a straight PvP battle. Like if two people. Glub, glub, glubbing. Yeah, so like if two people are just hanging out, you know, like firing cannons left, right, left, right, left, right, then, you know oh, we're taking hits too, so we're taking on water, so one of us is constantly repairing the boat and taking, like, a crappy little garbage pail down to the lower decks to, like, fish out water. Like, it's just, it's goofy, it's fun, it's made by Rare, and, like, this is one of the best Rare games I've played since, like, the N64 era where Rare was king, you know? Yeah, Rare Rare had some great stuff uh, back then. Yeah, so it's a lot of fun. It comes out in March. Um, I don't think I'll pick it up for Xbox One, but I'll definitely pick it up for PC. I think that's my plan right now. So let's move on to the news. Um, The big one is it kind of seems like in the war for Player Unknown's Battlegrounds versus Fortnite is kind of shifting, at least from the social side of things. Dylan, do you want to... Speak to what you've been seeing on the interwebs about that. Yeah, just in kind of my social media exploration and in um, uh, on like Reddit, but like on Reddit, then I mean, you kind of get a mix of both Fortnite and Overwatch posts. Um, But on Facebook in the last like week or so, I've noticed that everything has been about Fortnite. Like they're like my friends are posting memes about Fortnite. Even my friends that aren't like, like gamers uh but just like kind of casually play stuff every once in a while are posting about Fortnite, and and there's kind of like a Fortnite um obsession it kind of reminds me about when like dota became a thing um for like high school and college kids where like everybody could just play it because it's not expensive it's not like uh like you could just hop in and and it's just complex enough um that you'd want to keep playing. Um, but yeah, so I'm seeing like memes and things that are these kind of normal public memes. Like the, there's one where it's, it's a husband and wife and they're laying down in bed and they're facing opposite directions. And she's like thinking like, Oh, he's, he's cheating on me or something like that. And the other one is like, uh, I shot that guy with a shotgun, um, at close range, but it only did like five damage to him. Why did that happen? Um, but it's, it, there was something in there that was specifically referencing Fortnite, which I thought was really interesting. I've seen like a number of videos where like people are so obsessed with Fortnite that they're playing Fortnite in real life. Um, similar to that. There was, um, that count, the counter-strike meme of, of the guy, the boom headshot guy. Yeah. 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 yeah, Running around. Like I've seen like a lot of that stuff. Uh, and I just thought it was kind of interesting because it, it is all Fortnite. It's not, um, PUBG, which I mean, was kind of the, the original and and what I assumed would be winning at this point. 
Um, but it seems like Fort, Fortnite's accessibility is higher and and more people will enjoy it. I also feel, I mean, I think you bring up a good point as far as price is concerned. Because um, Fortnite's free and PUBG is not. And, like, I totally get that. Like, they are two totally different methods of how gaming is designed and how um, developers make money and things like that. I totally get that. But I think, I don't know. I also think like Fortnite kind of has some character to it. Whereas PUBG just kind of feels like a call of duty. Not, I don't know. I think it, I think it has to do with like the style of like the graphics. And like, I also think the other big thing that Fortnite has that I really like is the, uh, the ability to like build things. I think that's really cool too. And I think that leads to a lot more interesting conclusions at the end of the night than uh PUBG, you know. Yeah, yeah, I do I do think that added thing in, but I do think you're right about like it has flavor whereas the other game just feels like um like it feels like it feels like third person Counter-Strike to me. Yeah, it's like third person Counter-Strike or like battle uh like a battlefield game. Like you're just putting people on a battlefield map in a free-for-all mode um, where they have to pick up items. And yeah, it's it's like playing Halo Halo 1 on a huge map in a free-for-all. Um, where, like, and there's only one rocket launcher on the map and one sniper rifle. So I know it's, it's more complex than that, but it doesn't have a lot of character to it, whereas I think Fortnite does. I think the other thing is, and, I, and I've, this is another meme that I've seen being posted around, um, is that the Fortnite like community will demand a thing, and then the next patch for Fortnite it, it's up, um, and and uh, but the weird part about it is that like the Fortnite community will complain about one thing, and then it'll get changed in their favor, and then the other half of the Fortnite community will complain about the other thing, and then it, it comes back, it swings back the other way, which I just think is kind of an interesting. Um, approach i guess like yeah. uh like i mean like the well, game's overall design and health of design should come first um but like you do have to you do have to like bring the the community's considerations like they matter but uh, you also have to realize that like you have to, you don't want to exclude like 50 percent of your community because you're making a change that makes 50 percent of them happy so yeah absolutely um well and like the other big thing with this is um, Epic, the guys who make Fortnite, also had a, another shooter in development called uh, Paragon. And ultimately, Fortnite is so much more popular that they canceled Paragon, like just outright canceled it because they're like, well, forget that all the stuff, all the stuff for Paragon um, kind of being thrown around. Uh, it looked interesting. Yeah. And I mean, you know, that's that's the nature of business, too, is if you've got two products in the same marketplace competing against one another. Yeah. You cancel one. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you, you don't want to you don't want to kill a purple cow for a normal one. Exactly. Exactly. So I don't know. I, I enjoy Fortnite. Um, I play it on my Xbox every once in a while with my brother-in-law. He's really good at it. He has a lot of fun with it. Um, I haven't played it very much on the PC, 
but I, I've got it. I've played it a couple times here and there. Um, have what? What have your experiences with Fortnite been? Um, I've I've only played it like a couple of times. Uh, I I think it's a lot of fun. Um, it's it's kind of wacky. Uh, I don't feel bad like about losing. Um, just because you can always just jump into another game. Um, I, it, one of the things that I do like about it, like most games I play, um, you're you're on a team and you're trying to like snowball your team an advantage and then keep that advantage and close out the game. Um, and the cool part about, to, about Fortnite to me is that like, if I lose, I don't have to sit there or like if I fall behind or, or if my team falls behind, I don't have to sit there and like wait for the game to end. I just, if I lose, then I'm dead and I move on to a new game. Yeah. But like, if, if you die, you can also stay in the game to see how it finishes out. It doesn't yeah. force you one way or the other. Exactly. Yeah which I think is is great. So those are some of our thoughts on Fortnite, canceling Paragon, how development is funded. So let's move right on to competitive corner. Dylan, I know there's a lot going on in League of Legends. You told me earlier you've watched every single match so far. Uh, of of LCS, NA LCS, I have not missed, missed a match. I've seen um, four LCK best of threes. Uh, and I've seen a lot of the EU LCS games, or at least had them on while I was in the room. And? Um, it's been a really interesting season so far. Uh, now that we're seeing pro play, we're seeing like the optimization of the new rune set. And, and of course, that um, we're going to see changes to, to how the new rune system works. Um, the The major, like, my major issue with the current season so far is that um the majority of teams are playing uh scaling team comps which drag the games out really long we had one game between skt and Jin air uh over in lck in korea uh that set the record for the longest game and set the record on i think four or six different players for um like they 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 just took over like the top four to six of for highest CS scores in one game. Um, one of, one of the players on Janair, I think had 1400 um, minions killed by the end of the game. Holy crap. For nearly two hours. It was an hour and 40 minutes, I believe. That's um, insane. It was insane. Uh, and it was sad to watch because it was, um, uh, SKT should have won that game at like, 50 minutes at the latest um they they took down the inhibitors first they were like they but they busted the base open first and should have closed it out and they couldn't um partly because of two reasons one um they would not get all the lanes pushing at the same time and push into the base from two different directions and so like one one lane would push in and then the other lane would push in and so it was really easy for Janair to clear out the waves the other issue is one of their players bang um can't turn uh left <laughs> um, are you making a zoolander joke or are you zoolander being joke right now um <laughs> so their ad carry was is playing a champion called ezreal who has like a, a flash like a, a gap closer um but you use it to kite basically uh and he dodged a like critical skill that he needed to dodge um he failed to dodge it like three times because every time he tried to dodge it, uh, he dodged to the right. 
Um, and this is actually, you can go back through Bang's career. He always dodges to the right. And I'm excited to see other players like exploit him because in a hour and 40 minute long game, you get to watch him make the same mistake. Over and over and over again. He got caught out in the same spot like twice in a row with both his flash and his his ability that's on like a four to six second cooldown um, because he just went right twice. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, so wow. Yeah. So, but like the bad thing about that is like two hour matches are not sustainable for like viewers. Oh yeah. Like the, the casters were losing their minds. Um, it was insane. I mean, and this is a, this is a two hour game in a best of three. Like it, it took, I think five hours to complete this one best of three, uh, which is pretty insane. Uh, Jenner, I mean, and Jenner won it. It was the third game of the best of three. They played until like midnight Korean time. That is insane. Yeah, but um, overall, the games have been going uh, like running 40 plus minutes, which is a pretty high, like it wouldn't surprise me if the average was 35 or 40 minutes, which is really high. I mean, the surrender time is 20 minutes and you're not allowed to surrender in pro play, but um, the surrender time is 20 minutes. And so for the average game time to go 15 minutes longer than that is pretty incredible. Yeah. Um, and part of that is there's a, a thing called stopwatch. It's which is in the runes and masteries, which is like a uh, baby zonias. It's a one time use stasis. If you've played World of Warcraft or I think even in D&D, there's a mechanic where mages have a thing called ice block where they basically can't take damage or, or do anything for X amount of time. Um, and it heals or just keeps them off the map. Yeah, it keeps them off the map. This one, it doesn't heal you. Um, but you just become untargetable, stationary, and you can't cast anything. Um, and so the majority of people take it. Um, the other issue is that, like, there's a thing called Unsealed Spellbook, which is uh, it allows you to change your summoner spells. And one of the summoner spells, of course, is Teleport, which um, is pretty abuse, uh, not abusive. Like, it's just really strong and competitive play because you can coordinate them. They allow you to teleport to like friendly minions or wards uh, or towers across the map. So it makes like cross map macro really, really intense and strong. Um, and Unsealed Spellbook allows you to like start with a different spell and swap into that spell or keep that spell. And that again makes the lane phase really easy. Like if you have a champion who's not good at laning, you take Unsealed Spellbook and stopwatch, and suddenly you get like free backs where you can go buy things. Um, it's it's I don't know, like there are teams that are playing a hyper aggressive style that are being successful. And almost every season at the beginning of the season, you see scaling compositions do better. And then by the end, like by about May, um, you see like the aggressive comps come back. Um, and due to both like the players getting better at the new meta and also players um, or like the, the meta shifting because Riot um constantly likes to keep things kind of up in the air um so it's it's been really interesting so far um the other big thing is in nalcs is we're watching tsm who's uh hashtag potential i guess is probably the highest in the league and they have lost three of four games and very were have been like very convincingly beat um their mid laner bjergsen in my opinion has looked very poor 
Um, and I don't think it's just a meta thing. I, I don't know what's going on there, but um, it's not a great sign for how NA is going to do on the international scene. Um, but it is kind of cool to see like some new blood because TSM traditionally has been one of the better teams in the league. So it's, I'm, I'm interested to see if like any of these other newer teams rise to the occasion. One of them uh, kind of has an Echo Fox, but they do have one of the best players in the world um, at top lane in Huni. So. So it sounds like NA is going to be in a really difficult spot depending on how the meta shakes out. And like, it's still really early in the season though, right? Yeah, it's still super early. I mean, we're, we're about to go into week three. Um, and, and it's also a big change. Like these best of ones is, is a big change. And I, I don't think there's a single team in NA that is the same roster as last season, last year. Um, we've got a lot of players that have played together before on different teams um, or like amalgams of two teams mixed together. Team Liquid TL is kind of one of those teams um, that they're, they're performing very well. Um, I do do think that TSM will be ready for like worlds. Um, I do think their squad has a lot of potential for that, um, but I don't see TSM being ready for MSI for the midseason invitational. I don't see them going. Um, um, but the other good, like, I don't know, it's, it's early in the season. It's, it's pretty early to tell, um, but there are like mechanical things and positioning things and just kind of like interesting choices that I'm watching players who have been around for a while make that don't make a lot of sense. Um, and, and there's a friend of mine who's, is pretty good at league that we, we kind of talk shop about the game a lot. Um, the reason Korea is so good is because, uh, most of the players, the, the majority understand how their position affects the other four and how to like, how to play so that all of the positions work well together. And when you look at the other regions, it's much less so um, and much fewer players that kind of think that way. Yeah. Is, they don't, um, they don't think about the team. Yeah. Yeah. Kind of. I mean, they, I mean, they probably do, but they, you know. they do, but they don't think about the team and like, they don't think about the, um, um, like they don't understand how, how lanes go like our matchups in positions that aren't their own. Um, and so they'll demand help when that's not necessarily like the best option um, for like winning the game, basically. Yeah. Sometimes you gotta, you gotta fall on that sword. Exactly. Sometimes you do. Sometimes somebody has to fall on the sword um, and, and you have to trust that your team will, will win it out for you. Um, it's kind of the, I mean, this is an old meme, but there was a player St. Vicious back in like season one or two uh, he was a jungler, and so it was the a thing you could do is you would count every time the enemy jungler showed up on the map, you could see how many minions they had killed, and you could do math in your head to figure out which camps they had killed and about what time so that you could go and counter jungle them as soon as their camps came up. Um, and that's a thing that's existed for a long time, and he was a player that refused to like learn how to do that, and eventually, I mean, you saw him no longer be a pro player. So... <laughs> Wait, what do you mean, like, refuse to do that? Just not do it or refuse to learn? Refuse to, like, learn how, like, refuse to use that mechanic in the game. Um, and so, like, with that mechanic, then you can 
tell your teammates where the other jungler is. And as a jungler, part of your job is is to kind of communicate in in fives anyway, is to communicate what's going on because um, you're fighting minions in the jungle that don't really require you to like position um, because you're generally not in direct danger of an opponent. You're just in danger of like the minions, right? Or the monsters in the jungle, not the minions. Um, whereas like a player in lane has to focus on their personal mechanics and how they're, they're positioned in, in the lane compared to their opponent constantly. A jungler can kind of look at the map in the chess game that's going on and communicate what's going on. And because he couldn't count, um, he couldn't track that and track the other jungler effectively. Then you saw him fall out of, out of pro. Like he was just not able to compete with anybody else in the world. There are even laners who keep track of that sort of thing. Or, um, there's a, a very famous support player, Mata, who had every single summoner and ultimate timer memorized. And he so he and he would constantly spout to his team when certain abilities would be off cooldown. Wow. Well, in like a game that's so meta driven, that's that's important stuff. Exactly, yeah. Interesting. Uh, so what's what's been what's been going on in the uh, ye old Overwatch League? Are ye- oh man. So much good stuff. Um, so the big thing from this week is um, we finally got that answer to the question we've been asking for a year or for about a year now is how will the game work balance wise? Um, they issued the first patch to live since the Overwatch League first balance patch, I should say, not the first patch, but the first balance patch uh, since Overwatch League began, which includes uh, Mercy nerfs and Junkrat nerfs. And, um... Thank you, Jesus. Yeah, pretty much the way it's it's gonna work is, um... They are gonna keep playing on the old patch for the next two weeks. Um, because that's when the end of this first group stage is. And then move on to the patch that's currently on live right now. So, finally have an answer to that. So that's kind of cool. Yeah, and I'm sure they have a tournament realm that they can practice, that they can scrim against each other on. Um, yeah. So they're all in the same place. Well, that's, that's good. I'm glad to hear that. Yeah, and there's there's only a week and a half left, right? So they play tonight, Friday night, they play tomorrow, Saturday, and then there's just four more days. So there's only like a week and a half left, which isn't that big of a deal. Um, yeah, I'm sure they're going to want to start practicing on the new patch so they don't get caught completely off guard yeah and i mean i'm assuming most of them play on the ptr anyway yeah probably well as long as they're playing against each other they'd probably scrim on that ptr yeah so that was the first big thing um the mercy nerf is huge um the way mercy's ultimate used to work was it would instantly give you two charges of resurrect um, it no longer gives you charges for resurrect at all, so you just have your standard one resurrection, which has a cooldown of 25 seconds. So that means you can no longer time it and stack three reses, one right after the other. So that's that's huge. Um, there's even been interviews with pro players on from the Overwatch League about, hey, you know, what's the one player, what's the one hero you want to change? And everybody's like, mercy, mercy needs to be changed. Mercy needs to be changed, so... Well, she's been forced meta for... Since August, right? Yeah, pretty much. And now she's not, which is kind of great. Um, it's... It's 
not always a 100% pick. I think she, right now on live, um, based on early preliminary data, um, it looks like she's sitting around uh, around like 65 70%. So not the 100 that she used to be, you know? Yeah, yeah, that's the thing. It's like you just don't want her sitting at 100. And, and that's 65. Because there are people that main Mercy, um, and there are people that became Mercy mains on that that came through so it yeah will, it, i'm sure it will continue to drop um you do just want it you just don't want to see her in every game you want to see some variety in the supports yeah um was were there any like major buffs anybody getting brought back in i, I know my boy uh um uh, uh i forgot his name but he's got shotguns and a skull face um has been pretty weak for a while oh junk or not junk rat roadhog no, well, no, I, I mean, Roadhog's always good. Oh, you mean the Edgelord Reaper? My my Edgelord Reaper, bro. Um, he's, he's doing okay. He actually gets picked a lot on control maps. Um, it's really weird thinking, you know, oh, man, like, I'm a Lucio main, or I'm a, you know, I'm a May main, or a Junkrat main. Like, to watch pro play as much as I have been recently, like, that doesn't really exist. Like, there's no such thing as, like, who do you main in Overwatch. It's more like, what role do you main? Because, at least on the professional side of things, they don't play the character, they play the map, right? So, like, control maps, you see a lot of Lucio because it's about standing on the point, you know? Whereas maps like, uh, like King's Row or Dorado, where you're pushing a payload... Lucio's not really a good pick. So it's it's interesting to see how that's evolving. Um yeah, Lucio's speed up doesn't make the package move any faster. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't. And I mean watching pro Lucio play is like one of my favorite things because they're constantly like their communication is so on point because they're constantly switching between, okay, now I'm going healing, okay, speed boost, everybody get around the corner, and like stuff like that. Um so at the end of stage one, they will switch over to current patch. Um, stage one ends February 10th, um, which will be great because that's also going to be when the Chinese New Year patch comes out. So lots of goodies coming for every player of Overwatch because that'll also include all of the new skins too. So that'll be fun. Um, and the overall balance of teams is actually stabilizing out which is nice um there are you know 4-0 sweeps every once in a while um if you want to watch some great games i highly recommend um the february 1st matches from uh the soul dynasty versus the london spitfire it was top level play london did end up sweeping soul but these are still the best teams in the league no question um so, if you want to watch good Overwatch, that's the game I recommend watching. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm definitely going to have to check out the VODs for that one, because um, I do, the little bit that I've watched, I've watched Lake London play some, um, and I'm, I'm really impressed by the mechanical skill of Prodigy. Um, Profit? As well as, I'm sorry, Profit, not Prodigy, but yeah, Prophet. Um, as well as the fact that they are, they are the new C9 boys, um, and I'm, I'm about that. Yeah. Um, if you're looking, you know, for an American team to support, um, I highly recommend Houston. They're currently ranked fourth. 
Um, but they are the most American team that's that's doing well. Um, not that can't beat that green and black. That's fly. Yep. Yep. They are really, really good um, for American teams. Um, I mean, New York is one of the top rated teams, but um, like London and Seoul, they are made up entirely of Koreans, which I mean, that's that's esports for you. You know, I do explain to somebody at my new job. They we talk Overwatch a lot and she was curious as to what team I supported and I said London, and she was like, London, you're not even from London. And I was like, you're correct, I am not. But, you know, I think they've got the coolest uniforms. I think they've got the best potential to go all the way. I really like what they're putting down. And one of her friends chimed in, well, you need to root for an American team. And I was like, yeah, but, like, none of the players are American. I think there's only, like, maybe half a dozen of them in the entire league. Yeah, yeah, and that's that's pretty standard. I mean, I'm sure one of the teams is probably all Swedish and Danish, um, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, they're, but they're just like traditionally like best CS players in, in the world. Um, same thing. I mean, Korea is just best gamers in the world. There's just something. It's a lot of it is language based. Actually, it's just their their ability to communicate things um, really quickly and effectively with the way their language is structured but um it's also just i think like a cultural thing they've accepted gaming as a as a competitive thing longer than uh the united states has yeah absolutely i mean they're i don't know i think esports saved south korea's economy like back in the early 2000s it definitely so like for sure. Yeah. So, you know, that's important too. Um, and then they also did Blizzard World, which is an awesome, awesome patch. I highly recommend anybody wanting to check that out. Uh, just go to Overwatch and play a couple matches on Blizzard World. It's in the arcade as like the feature right now. Um, it's pretty much Blizzard's take on Disneyland. And uh, it's great because there's a StarCraft area and a Diablo area and a Warcraft area. It's it's a lot of fun. Yeah, it's super cool looking. Um, I, I just saw the like images of it. And I was like, man, that's that's cool. I'm gonna have to get on and play a couple of rounds. Well, and the other thing that's cool is everybody's not everybody, but most characters are getting fancy skins to celebrate. So like Roadhog gets a skin from Diablo as the Butcher with you know his hook and he says fresh meat and like it's it's just fun um they haven't played an overwatch league match on blizzard world yet i believe that will be coming in stage two but stage one wraps up here in a couple weeks which i'm really excited about who's who's gonna take that top spot oh man i don't know um i i want to say i want to say london but new york looks really good but the other thing is is like Every team has lost at least one, which I think is healthy for the league. I think it shows a lot of good standing. And, like, not only do were these, like, top three teams, New York, London, and Seoul, have they lost a map, but they lost maps to, like, teams that are, like, middle of the ground, middle of, middle of the road, right? Like, one of them lost to Philadelphia, who's currently sitting in sixth place with five and three. But one of those wins is from 
you know, the top three teams in the league. So I think it's really helping the spread of competition. Yeah, I, I do. I'm excited to see how the, the game kind of evolves uh, over the course of this year. Um, there's, I mean, there's definitely going to be, it, it'll get better. It'll continue to get better. Yeah. And then um, they do the title matches for stage one is going to be on February 10th. Um, and it's the final four teams. So, I mean, I think at this rate, based on records and performance, I think London, New York, and Seoul are top spots for that. Um, I'd like to see Los Angeles Valiant get up there, but it might even be Houston. Like, I, I honestly don't know. It's it's going to be a tight race. Yeah, it would be cool to see Houston go just because they are the most NA team. Well, good N18. Yeah. All right. Well, that's all I've got. Is there any parting words of wisdom that you would like to bless our audience with, Dylan? Um, don't don't be scared to play like a new and different game or like take a chance on like some game that somebody else um, throws at you. Uh, Golf with friends was super amazing and I did not expect it. That is some solid advice. Definitely look outside that comfort zone. If you play shooters, pick up a strategy game. If you play strategy games, pick up a platformer. Who knows? There's a lot of good stuff out there. On top of that, remember, if you're playing online, that's fine. But remember, everybody else is playing online to kind of just relax. Have fun with it. If you want to play competitive mode, play competitively. But you got to remember, you always have to be kind to your fellow gamers. Thank you so much for listening. Have a great afternoon.